Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Hey, a hearty Merry Christmas to you. You know, we're just a week or so away, a couple weeks away so from Christmas. And so, you know, I decided to get into the Christmas spirit and share a little bit of that with you. You know, it's been a, an interesting year. So look, I mean, a lot to think about. And, you know, if you've got time and the ability to celebrate and be happy, I mean, Christmas puts a smile on my face. So I hope it puts a smile on yours. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Christmas issue because we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom here in Texas as they relate to the courts, the legislature, and the media. And one of those things that includes this time of year oftentimes is fighting for Christmas. We've got a law that we protect and we like to educate people about the Merry Christmas law that uh, gives students the right to talk about Christmas issues in public schools. That's at MerryChristmasTexas.com. So you wanna check that out. And so we'll do a lot during this time of year, um, right before school lets out, to let people know. As a matter of fact, you know, it might be different this year. You might want to put a virtual screen like this behind you when you're remote learning, if that's what you're doing with your school. But just an idea, MerryChristmasTexas.com. You can check out that website. But, you know, we're doing a lot of work to get ready for the Texas legislative session. We're also doing a lot of work to remind people we're a nonprofit organization. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We need your donations by the end of the year. Check out TXValues.org to see some of the things we're doing and how you can support our work financially. And so we got a great guest today, though. So I want to get right to that and, uh, and really have just a, a robust conversation, if you will, with the newest member of our team, Brian English. Brian is the director of the Church Ambassador Network for Texas, and that's a new project for Texas Values. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in detail. But let me just tell you a little bit about Brian. Uh, he and his family live in the Houston area in, in Texas, uh, but great history in some of the work that he's done. He served as a pastor for many years. Then he also worked in, in Hales, uh, originally from Iowa. He worked in Iowa for the Family Policy Council that's similar to the organization that we run here in Texas. And then more recently served in some very substantial roles, faith outreach and so on, very important roles for Senator Cruz in his presidential campaign and his re-election campaign to the U.S. Senate. Brian, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Jonathan. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to say hello to the folks through this radio program, and I'm just loving my time here at Texas Values so far. It's a great team and a lot of fun. Well, I, I told our, uh, our audience, our supporters here, a little bit about your background, and I'm sure there's a little bit more detail. We'll let you color it in. I know you got a great family, too, that we've got a chance to get to know uh, as you've um, been joining our team or joined our team recently, as we got to get to know you during the interview process. But take us back a little bit. You know, I mentioned you're from Iowa. You did, you know, a variety of roles that really, I think, set you up perfectly to do the work that you're going to be doing now for Texas Values. Uh, but take us back a little bit where it started in your pastoral role and how you got interested in this type of work. Sure. Well, as you, as you mentioned, I, I'm married. My wife, Amy, and I have been married for 28 years. We have three grown boys. Uh, our sons are all off at Bible school. The, our youngest is a freshman at the Moody Bible Institute this year. And so we're uh, entering that empty nester phase of our lives and uh, uh, just so proud of our kids and excited about where God is leading them in their life and ministry. But uh, as you mentioned, we, we have a, a background that is a, an interesting fit for this role. I, I was a pastor for a while. I pastored the First Baptist Church in Spencer, Iowa, where actually I grew up. And so anyone that's pastored, try to imagine being a pastor at the church where you were also a kid in the, uh, in the youth ministry and in the community, and then to grow up and have an opportunity to pastor there. 
uh, did that for about six years. And the, uh, the intersection of my work as a pastor and the Family Policy Council really started as a pastor. Uh, the vice president of the Iowa Family Policy Council became a friend when I was pastoring and helped with some of the issues that came up in my hometown that the pastors really needed to rally around and stand for. Uh, and, and the FPC there in Iowa came alongside us and became friendly with the folks at the Family Policy Council. And uh, it was through their work in ministry that I began to see politics and public policy as a possible ministry area or mission field that God might be calling me to. Uh, we worked together on several issues and over time, uh, it became apparent that God was calling me into that type of ministry and uh, spent some time working in politics, uh, managed a, a state house campaign, worked for a member of Congress. And then eventually uh, my wife and I did move to Des Moines and I joined the staff there at the Family Policy Council, which as you said, is a sister organization, very similar to Texas Values. And so uh, exciting times while I was there, we, we dealt with some really uh, big issues that had national implications and uh, enjoyed the opportunity to stand for God's truth in the public square. The, the Family Policy Council model offers us that opportunity to not just uh, partner with people in elected office and partner with pastors, but to help both to take a public stand for God's truth. And so um, did that for a while and really enjoyed it. Then, as you mentioned, uh, got pulled back more into the politics and public policy arena. And in 2016, I was the state director for Ted Cruz's Iowa caucus campaign. And so that was a, an exciting and wild time, uh, very high intensity, fast paced, met so many good people. And through that process, built a network, a statewide network of pastors. Uh, we had 99 pastors is what we call it. We had far more than 99 pastors, but there are 99 counties in Iowa. And we, we built a network of pastors across the state who worked together in that capacity. Uh, and then I came down here to Houston, worked with Ted and his campaign, as you mentioned, in the faith outreach role on the national campaign. And just fell in love with Texas. I've always admired Texas from a distance. I'd only been here a couple of times before that, but uh, instantly felt at home in Houston. The, the people of Texas have been so welcoming. And so as quickly as I could, got my family together, sold our house, and, and we moved to Texas. And Houston well, is now our home. There's no doubt. I'm, I'm going to jump here in for just a minute. We're talking with Brian English. He is the new director of the Church Ambassador Network for Texas Values. It's a new project of Texas Values that we've been working on developing this year and, and kicking off in different ways. And a big part of it was finding someone to lead that. And, and we've now found that leader in Brian English. You know, Brian, you were talking about, you know, being in Texas and, and being proud here. Hey, you don't need to sell us on the, the value of Texas, right? It's so great to hear you say that though. And, and, you know, a lot of people, new people moving to Texas for a variety of reasons, obviously your background, the opportunity that you had with Senator Cruz, the Iowa caucuses were a big deal. You know, that was a victory for, Senator Cruz and a lot of people thinking, oh, well, this is going to be a real contest for the presidential election. But a key to that was having faith leaders be a part of that campaign and see the value in getting involved. And that's a big part of what you're doing. You and I just came back from Iowa. As a matter of fact, I didn't know a whole lot about the state, right? I started talking to you about Kurt Warner and about, you know, uh, Field of Dreams and, and all these kind of things. Uh, and so I only been to, to Iowa one time. It was actually during that presidential run up the nominations process. 
and I was walking through about a foot of snow. It didn't snow this year, unfortunately. That might have been a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, we were there in Iowa talking with some of our friends because, as you mentioned, we're a part of a network of family policy councils. There's about 35 or 40 across the state. They do the work that we do at Texas Values, but in their individual state. In Iowa, that group is called the family leader. So we were spending some time learning how they do the church ambassador network. As a matter of fact, um, you know, and, and if you go to our website, you can see a link for the church ambassador network, but for our friends that are watching on social media, and if you're watching on Facebook, share this, like it, comment, let's get the, the numbers up. Let's get a lot of people involved in this conversation, but I'm going to do a share screen here so people can see what we're talking about. Two things I'm going to bring up first, a slide here, and this has the mission of the Church Ambassador Network. As you can see here, our mission to build a relationship between the shepherds of God's church and God's government is portrayed in the scriptures. It's a relationship between institutions, not just individual local churches. It is our goal to have pastors and congregations engage in government in a way that honors God and is effective under all forms of government, regardless of when and where. You can see the link there. As a matter of fact, if you go to, um, let me just, go to this other screen that I have here, share screen if you're watching. This is actually a link on our website where you can see a little bit more about the Church Ambassador Network, core principles, and the members of our team there and how to get connected. But, you know, look, Brian, you're new to this project and new to Texas Values, uh, but you're certainly not new to getting involved with churches and pastors and having that great history with the Iowa FPC and also on a presidential and a Senate campaign. And a part of that was your work in Texas was the last part of that work on that campaign. Uh, you're certainly no stranger, a lot of experience on your belt about the value and how to get churches involved. One of the things that I learned through that process in Iowa and then after is that um, the way we have done church engagement largely uh, is, is a little one dimensional. And one of the things I love about the paradigm of the church ambassador network is that it it honors the calling of the pastors and acknowledges the role of our elected officials as also shepherds in, in a state capacity. And so you've got these two shepherds with the church and with the, with the government that have an awful lot in common. They both serve in a public role. They, they both oftentimes live their life in a fishbowl. Their families make similar sacrifices for those services, but we don't often get them together. And, and what I found was in my previous work with church engagement, it was so one dimensional, but the church ambassador network paradigm actually creates a connection between those two shepherds that God's ordained for their separate work, but very similar work. It helps to encourage both. So it's not just let's get one involved to benefit the other, but it's an encouragement for everyone involved. And then it helps to build a partnership. And that's one of the things that I'm most excited about with starting the Church Ambassador Network here in Texas is that it's not just uh, getting one side of that, that paradigm aware of the other, but to encourage them to partner together. Much like uh, in, the, in the Bible, we've got Joseph and Pharaoh, right? You've got Joseph who God gave the vision, but he had no authority to implement that vision. And Pharaoh, who was troubled by uh, his situation, but had didn't have the insight that he needed. And so God put those two shepherds together. And with the vision that God gave Joseph and the authority that God gave Pharaoh, they were able to save an entire country and, and really to impact the known world at that time. That's the sort of partnership 
that we intend to build through the Church Ambassador Network. Well, we're talking with Brian English. He is the director of the Church Ambassador Network for Texas Values, the newest member of the team of Texas Values, but certainly not new to getting involved in uh, faith outreach, talking with churches, interacting with pastors, and getting them involved what matters to the community in our state in our country. And I'm going to go back to my share screen so people can see a little bit more detail on our website on this issue and how to get in touch. If you want to learn more, if you want to get your church involved, <coughs> excuse me, um, you can see that information here at the bottom here, church outreach at txvalues.org, church outreach at txvalues.org. If you want to get in touch with Brian and it's, and it's not just Brian, there are a couple of other members of our team. And so, uh, you know, we got Pastor Tovar down in South Texas. We've got Judah up in North Texas. Brian's going to be in, in different parts of the state, but um, is going to be working out of Houston and also spending time uh, regularly in our office in Austin. So you want to get connected with him. And look, we just finished a, you know, a very busy election season. And, you know, look, some of this is still playing out in the courts, but, you know, where the church in a lot of ways got involved or was asked to get involved. And now we've got the legislative session coming up. And so, some, and look, pastors are going through a lot right now and church leaders, goodness sakes, dealing with some local governments just trying to stay open. But all of this reminds us, in my opinion, and is why we're going to work on this at the legislative session, we have got to make it clear in state law and in policy that churches are essential and their ability to stay open should be determined by them, by their leaders, not the government. But all of this does remind us is, you know, how important and how essential they are to our society working, to people's individual lives working. And so, but they've had a lot of challenges. And so I, you know, I imagine a good time now for them to feel like not someone that's, you know, really asking something for them, but is trying to go alongside them and be a friend and give them some encouragement. And I know that's a big part of what we're going to be doing with the Church Ambassador Network. Right. And, and you mentioned kind of the situation we find ourselves in here in 2020. We were created to be in relationship. God, God designed us to fellowship with each other and to be in relationship with him. And one of the things that has really caused a lot of stress for folks this year is just the loneliness and the separation. And so uh, when difficult times come, we often see on the news how people are looking to the government for solutions. But when you talk to people and you interact with them, yes, there's a role for government there, but also people turn to the church. And it's so important that we recognize the role of the, the church in our society, that we empower the, the pastors in our communities to uh, live out the calling that God's placed on their life. And in a, a situation like we've found ourselves in most of this year, to make sure that there's open lines of communications between the leaders in the, the government and the leaders in the church, because when people are really facing difficult times, those are often the, the two places they, they turn. Well, look, you know, and that's a big part of what we do at Texas Values, not just with the Church Ambassador Network, but whether it's our legal team, whether it's our policy team, uh, a variety of folks that are in different roles for our organization. That's what we're here to do, to serve the church, to protect the church, and, and to really try to reestablish whether it's that connection or that respect with government officials. You know, we shouldn't have to go to the U.S. Supreme Court just to have to push back on local government and keep them from locking the doors of a church. But we've seen that type of court case play out already. And thankfully, we're in a position to do that. We have lawyers and people that are ready to stand on those issues. Uh, but look, you know, we shouldn't have law enforcement circling, you know, parking lots of churches, monitoring how far away they were and, you know, their cars and in parking lot services. And some of the things we saw happen earlier this year in Texas, and this isn't just in other states. 
And so, but that is where we find ourselves. And so that's a big part of our goal is to partner with churches, be a friend of them, but also to be looking out for them. And so they can do what they do best, right? They can do what they do best, which is preaching the word of God, which is giving hope and encouragement to people during very difficult times and not worrying, oh, maybe I shouldn't have my church open or maybe I shouldn't have a service because I might get shut down while people's lives and are falling apart. And, you know, as we go into Christmas season, I, I was having some fun of, uh, with this on a radio show, early, show earlier this morning about Christmas time, sometimes being that time of year where, you know, people go to church more, or maybe that's the one time of year that they go. And, you know, I've always seen sometimes, you know, they'll have a little bit of fun with that at, at church. But hey, look, if that's the one time you go, at least you're going once. And maybe that'll lead you to go another time and, and you'll build on that experience. But it is a reminder as we go into certain time periods and Christmas season and different, you know, holy days and, and, and special days at a part of our faith, you know, that's where the church really, uh, you know, is thought of the most and is expected. And so we're hoping we'll see that freedom reign and we'll see Christmas celebrated. And look, there's a way that you can do it. And uh, whether it's socially distanced or people want to, you know, implement certain safety measures, but the door should be open. And so that's one of the things I was talking about this morning with some studies coming out talking about some of the mental health issues. Uh, but that's why going into the session, we're going to be focusing on that issue. And we're going to need churches and pastors, and we're going to uh, need them to have their own voice, but also be confident. And that doesn't, and while that's important to come to the Capitol, it's also important for them to be communicating locally with government leaders and letting, reminding them the value of some of the work they do in their own communities. It's not also, you know, about elections. It's about feeding the poor. It's about providing shelter, providing, uh, whether it's coats, blankets, foster care, support for families and marriages. I mean, just so many things um, that are part of what the church does best. And, you know, I, I don't think there's any question they're essential, but they might need to be reminding elected officials of that. And some of that, as you mentioned, is the ability to be in relationship with them and it not always be something that's a, a political nature. That's right. And as you pointed out, people tend to come to church this time of year, even if they don't regularly attend. But this year, I would Im imagine that there will be a greater need for those in-person uh, church attendants. People need to hear a, a message of hope. People need to know that this is not the way things will always be. And the message of Christmas is one of deliverance and hope and joy and peace, the, the things that people really deeply need right now. And so uh, it is so important that churches have their doors open, obviously taking the, the proper precautions, but for folks to be able to go to those services, if, if that's on their heart to do. But also, as you pointed out, it's not just so that the pastors of the churches can do their jobs as, as best as they can, but the church ambassador network, the, the design is to equip the, the legislators and the folks in government to do the job they do the best they can by providing them the encouragement, the support, and the relationship with pastors who are interacting with their, their constituents, the people of Texas, every day of the week. And so it's a well, two-way street. You set me up very well. We're talking with Brian English, the new director of the Church Ambassador Network, a new project to Texas Values. You talked about the importance of Christmas. So I'm going to go to my next share screen if you're watching us on Facebook and on our video, MerryChristmasTexas.com is a website set up to protect Christmas in our schools. I don't know what Christmas is going to look like in public schools this year. Uh, you know, so it may be a little bit different whether they're having parties, whether they're doing it by video and some kids are doing it remotely, but you need to know what the law is. Okay. So this website, 
MerryChristmasTexas.com has the law on this issue. We, we helped pass this law in 2013. It just makes it clear that on public school property, that students and teachers that all have the ability and the freedom to acknowledge Christmas without fear of censorship. And so as I like to say, we hope that there are less school districts that are naughty and more that are nice. Okay, because look, we see these issues come up every year, too. I mean, these are no exaggerations. We've had cases where teachers and administrators, some government officials said you can't bring red and green plates to the holiday party. I, I'm trying to figure out where in the Bible that's identified red and green or biblical colors. I mean, maybe they are. Okay, but I mean, it's not that that is some type of religious belief. I think it's really become a cultural thing. Um, but it, it just, you know, gives you an example of some of the silliness, you know, uh, kids that weren't allowed to carol just because they had some connection with a public school. And a couple of years ago, a teacher, excuse me, a nurse's aide who was not allowed or put up a poster about Charlie Brown's Christmas when she was told she was she could decorate. Oh, but if it relates to Christ, you can't put that up. And so we ended up going to court. We won that case. Uh, as I like to remind people, I thought we had a good chance of winning that case when the judge had a Christmas themed tie. So, hey, you never know. But um, we want people to be able to enjoy this time of year and not get involved in some of these conflicts. And there's no reason to it. MerryChristmasTexas.com. Get that website. Could be a thing for pastors to let people in their congregation know, hey, you know, your kids in public school, they want to talk about it. And it's a cultural issue. Right. As well. Uh, Christmas is a federal holiday. OK, when's the last time you heard a federal employee say, hey, you know, I don't want to have the day off. You know, that's a, that um, contravenes or violates the so-called separation of church and state. So anyway, some good information there. And an idea we thought of, Brian, was like I've got if you're watching me on video, maybe you have a Christmas themed virtual background. If you're doing, um, you know, school online and look at the students have a right to do that. Um, when it comes to these issues, a lot of free speech there. So we might come up with some graphics. Maybe we'll use this one from my house that we'll share or we'll recommend that students can use. But you're right, okay? This is a very important time of year. The Christmas season uh, is important, you know, and, and it is a religious day, but it also is something that's cultural. There's freedom to do it. And maybe a time finally, right, this year where we can put a smile on our face, right? We can be hopeful. We can see the kids happy. And, 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 and that's what... Um, so much of Christmas was about was about the expectation, the longing for the Savior. And so I think, you know, some reasons this year for us to long for something really positive and, and encouraging to end out this year. Yeah, the the kind of hope and expectation that you you get here in the Advent season is again just a nice reminder that this is not our forever situation. 2020 has been really tough for everyone. And yet God offers us so much hope of not just our eternal uh, peace and happiness and, and our ability to celebrate eternity with him through the sacrifice that Christ made, but he gives us the ability to have hope and joy in, in the most difficult of times. And so my, my hope is that uh, churches will be open as much as possible, that people will take advantage of the ability to gather together, to sing some of the familiar hymns, and to invite their friends and neighbors who have had such a difficult year to come and enjoy the peace and happiness that surrounds the Christmas season. Well, you, you set me up again because uh, we've got our Christmas theme here too. You think about the value of some of the work we do, the longing expectation for Christ. We're also longing and hoping, I would say, that people will see value in the work that we do at Texas Values. And if you want to make a donation, txvalues.org. Help us protect Christmas. Help us get ready for the upcoming legislative session. 
um, you know, help us be whatever the issues are that we can be ready to protect in public policy, whether it's a, a court case we may have to get involved in, or whether it's just participating in the media. Helping support this weekly radio show is something that you could do. We ha our budget's about $1.5 million. We still need to raise $250,000. And these donations are tax deductible to the full to the extent that the law allows by the IRS, okay? Check with your tax attorney or CPA on that. But txvalues.org, you can see this is our donation page so people can uh, get connected. And I, and I wanna go back to um, one other thing here too, Brian, and just to remind people of some of the work that, that we've done, if people wanna see what some of the highlights are, I've got my top 10 accomplishments here. The Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Law, the Pastor Protection Law, we beat Planned Parenthood in uh, sex education in Austin ISD last year. Uh, earlier this year, a victory against the abortion provider Planned Parenthood in court. The big victory over um, LGBT and pro-abortion sex ed statewide. A whole list of here of different things over the past three or four years that you can see as accomplishments. But txvalues.org is the website, the link where you can donate to us. Brian, thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. I know we'll have you on again to talk about these issues. And I know you know the value of being able to be a part of our organization. And that's because people continue year in and year out to make a donation because they see that this is one of the best returns on investment you'll get for faith and family. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be on today and appreciate the opportunity to serve in this capacity. And so to those who have been regular donors to Texas Values, thank you. We, we're gonna dive in as the, the new year comes along here and we're, we're gonna get after it and uh, to God be the glory. We, we'll hope to have an even longer list the next time we share that. Amen to that. And we'll talk to you next week on our Texas Values Report.